you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Boy, you guys look good. Some of you do, some of you don't, okay. At least you know the truth. We're so glad to have you, Compassion. So glad to have you. Listen, I want you to be a I don't use, normally do this, but I just want you to stand with me today. I haven't done this in a long time, but I want to do it today. I, I want to start out with reading the Word. Is that okay? I hope so. We're in the church. If you got a problem with the word, this probably ain't the place for you to be. Or actually, this is the place you need to be. I want you to, in Acts chapter 18, turn with me there today to chapter 1 or verse 1. For the last two Sundays, I've been talking to you about how to discover your purpose. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how and what you do in your purpose. To continue in your purpose. To walk in your purpose. To be blessed while you're in your purpose. Today, that's what I want to talk to you about. But I needed to start out first by reading the word to you. So look at Acts chapter 18. It said, after this, remember this, after this. Keep that in forethought of your mind. Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them because he was a tent maker. I want you to remember that part right there. That's key to my sermon today. If I could add a subtitle to my sermon today, it would be called Paul the Apostle, Paul the tent maker. Paul the apostle and Paul the tent maker. Was a tent maker as they were. He stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. Listen to this. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your heads. I am innocent of it. For now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, turn to someone. Give them a high five. Amen. And then you can be seated. Said a high five, not a discussion. Shut up. (laughs) Y'all just always take it too far, don't you? Give me an inch, they'll take a mile. 
today as we look here, if I had to give you a little background, Paul had just been in Athens. He had preached the gospel there. In fact, he had been kind of debating with the scholars and the philosophers. And he's looking at all the different places of all the gods that they had represented there. Paul sees one place that said to the unknown God. In other words, those in Athens, what they wanted to do was just in case they had left out a God, they put a place for him. So Paul goes, let me tell you about the unknown God. And he starts sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that some of them scoffed at him and made fun of him and thought it was crazy. But the Bible says also some of them accepted, received, and became followers of Christ Jesus. You know, it's funny because many times for y'all, you'll have three people say you did a great job, one say you did a bad job, and your world falls apart. I quit. I'm done. Sally said I wasn't no good. Bob said I couldn't do it. I'm done. Paul probably had it vice versa. He probably had three that were against him and maybe one that was for him. But the Bible says after then, Paul shared the gospel. He did his job. He knew his purpose. After Paul was done, he leaves, and the Bible says he goes to Corinth. Corinth was not a good place. In fact, Corinth actually, they had a few sayings uh, around the Corinth area or people who knew the Corinthians. One of the sayings was this, uh, to act like a Corinthian. Uh, to act like a Corinthian, can I tell you what it actually meant? It meant this, to be a fornicator. That's what it meant. In other words, in Corinth, they, they had a, a, a goddess that they worshipped, Athena, and the, gosh, the, 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 the goddess that they worshipped was all about sex. That's what she was about, sensuality. So if someone were to say to you that you act like a Corinthian, let me tell you what they were actually saying. Uh, you a hoe. You ain't never thought you'd hear that from the pulpit now, did you? <laughs> Poor Brian here on the front row. Brian goes, oh, oh, what? I don't know quite what to do with that. His wife's just cracking up, but Brian's going, oh, no. That's literally what it meant. It meant to be a hoe is what it meant. Now, there was another phrase that came out of Corinth that it called a Corinthian companion. And that's what it meant. A Corinthian companion actually meant a prostitute. That's what it meant. Now, Paul leaves Athens after being with a bunch of philosophers, scholars, and Paul said, you know what? I think I'll go to Corinth. I think I'll go to the place that they're known for their sensuality and their sexuality. In fact, it was legal for them to do pretty much anything sexually they wanted to do. And Paul gets there. And the Bible says that when Paul gets there, he runs into individuals that are tent makers. Well, guess what Paul was? Paul was a tent maker. How many understand that God will use your talents, your giftings, natural or supernatural, to open doors for you? He, he will. That's why I always say to you, do not throw away what God is doing in your life. Because you never quite know the doors that God will open through what you know 
and have the ability to do. So Paul gets there and he, start, he moves in and kind of hangs out with these people because they're tent makers and he starts making tents. But then the Bible goes on to say that then he begins to go in, on the Sabbath and he begins to share the gospel and, and begins to debate with them about who the real God is. And we'll find out later on that some actually become believers in Christ. I, I share this with you today because for the last two weeks I've been talking about how to discover your purpose. Today, I want to talk to you about when you are in your purpose and what you do with that purpose. Number one, I want you to write this down. When it comes to your purpose, always ask yourself what's next. When it comes to your purpose, always ask yourself what's next. See, Paul, after being there with the those at Athens, and he's having debates with those philosophers and scholars, you know, Paul could have said, I'm, I'm done with this, I'm tired. I'm tired of the disagreements, I'm tired of the arguments, I'm tired of people not believing in what I say, I'm just tired of it. And Paul could have said, I'm gonna go take a break. And listen, let me stop here, I, I believe in breaks and I believe in balance, but I, I just got back from Atlanta. I had to fly to Atlanta this week for a meeting there, and I, I had to take some leadership principles with me and some leadership lessons to present. And when I got there, one of the leadership principles I read this week kind of changed my heart. He said, many times we're always talking about balance, and yes, we need balance. He said, but if you're going to give me balance or you're going to give me passion, give me passion all the day long. Many of you, let me just be honest with you, you have balanced yourself into doing jack diddly squat. I'm just about, I'm trying to balance myself out. I'm just trying, just trying to, oh, hold on, we've been doing this for 30 minutes, I gotta stop. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. I went to church last week. One hour during last week, oh, I'm tired. I gotta balance myself out. Got all quiet on me right then. Passion. Paul says at the end, you know what, Athens? Y'all ain't gonna accept it all. You're not gonna take it all. Some of you will, some of you won't. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna move on to the next group. What we do is we get stuck here when someone turns us down, rejects us. Can I tell you what rejection is sometimes? Rejection sometimes is protection from God. God allowed others to reject you, to kick you and push you to another group so you would tell them about Jesus. But we get sick, well, Brian didn't like me. Brian didn't like what I did. Let me see if I can, if I can get Brian to start liking me. Who cares if Brian likes you? I care. But see, that's what we'll end up doing. We'll say over here, instead of moving to the next thing, we get stuck in the bad thing. When God is saying, move to the, the next thing, I've got something in store for you, and others I want you to tell about Jesus, and you're stuck over here worrying about what Brian's thinking. Who cares what Brian's thinking? But can I tell also what some of you do? Something good happened right here. I was the bomb diggity. I don't know why I'm doing that. Because there ain't nothing there at all. 
Something good happened in your life and you can't leave it. You, you know what I'm talking about. The, 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 the guy you know that now is 45 years old and still wears his football jersey from high school. And he shouldn't because it don't fit no more. Unless that's a football right there. You know what I'm talking about. All of you know that guy. All of you know that guy, don't you? In fact, one of you are sitting in this church right now. You're about to run out the back door and take off your jersey right there. <laughs> now, the thing is, Brian can wear his jersey. I can't wear mine. You get stuck when it was good, when you don't understand. If God gave you good here, God's got great for you over here. Don't get stuck with the good knowing that God has got great in store for you. Paul didn't stay in Athens. He said, did my job, told you about Jesus, gave a little argument about who he is, love you guys, bless you. I'm going on to the next level. Some of you get stuck in the lower levels because you never knew to the next level because you don't understand that God's got a greater purpose for your life than you can ever conceive or imagine. God, what's the next thing for me? I want the next level. God, take me there. Lead me there. But listen, let me tell you, every next level comes with another devil. He leaves over here where he's, Paul is a philosopher. He, he, he's a smart man. He can deal with the philosophers. But God takes him over to Corinth where he's going to deal with the hoes. I, for some reason, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm going to regret that I've used that word. Because I feel like y'all are not going to hear anything about Jesus, all your memories of what I said there. That we've got to be willing to say, Lord, take me to the next level. But every next level comes with the devil. The problem is half of you have done something great for God and when you're about to move to the next level, you came, a, a devil came in your life and attacked you or attacked your family or attacked your marriage or the devil came in and did something to you and you went, Arr! and you stopped and you didn't go any further, but instead of staying where you were, you took about 10 steps backward and let the devil back in your life, and he's having access in your life, and you don't even realize it. Oh, we're just taking a break. No, what you don't realize is the devil's about to break you. Number two, y'all got me sweating. When it comes to your purpose, remember God isn't the God of either or, but of and and both. God is not just God of either or, but and and both. Let me say something to you, some of you today. Only about 5% of most churches in the church will actually be in full-time ministry. Not everybody's going to be like Pastor John and work at the church full-time. Oh, yeah, but see, that Pastor, you're the only one called to ministry. That is a lie from the pits of hell. Every one of you are called to ministry, too. The difference is where you minister sometimes is more important than where I minister. I'm talking to a bunch of Christians. You've got to go out to your job and you've got to do what? Tell them about Jesus. Some of you are a real estate agent, but what you don't realize is you're an agent for Christ. Amen? Some of you are salesmen. You're, you're a great salesman. I'm not a good salesman, but some of you are a great salesman. I wish I was. To be such a great salesman, can you do me a favor? Stop just selling a product and start selling a promise that Jesus Christ will save you and redeem you and change your life. Now, that means some of you got to clean up your life, amen? amen. 
Don't be trying to sell Jesus when your life's selling, well, no, I'm just playing. You got to stop me. It's your fault, Brian. It says, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them every Sabbath. He, respond, he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade the Jews and Gentiles. Listen, not only was he a great apostle, he was a tent maker. Listen, y'all know I don't just pastor a church. In fact, I pastor two churches. I do more than that. I actually have about 12 churches I oversee with the Compassion Network, and then I just got back from Atlanta. I work with something called EVUSA where I train pastors around the country. Pastor, why do you do that? Because I am always want to do as much as I can for the kingdom of God. Pastor, I just got a job, and it just takes it out of me. You were not put on this earth to have a job. You were put on this earth to serve the kingdom of God. And you will have a greater influence in the lives of sinners and people that don't know church and the lost than I ever could. I see a bunch of Christians most of the time. Some here today don't know Jesus, but before this service over, you will. But some of you, you need to tell people at your work about Jesus. Some of you bosses need to have a prayer time. Say, hey, y'all don't have to come. I'm not going to make you come because I understand I may get sued if, if I make you come. But we're going to have a prayer meeting at the end or at the beginning of meeting. Amen. Some of you as, as, as leaders, you need to start talking about Jesus. And, and listen, when you do, God will bless you. Hallelujah. Again, that means some of you start cleaning up your lives because your words have to be backed up by your deeds. See, my purpose is to serve the kingdom of God. I am not, listen, God wants you to understand that he's the God of and and both, not either or. Well, pastor's a pastor, that's what he does, and I do work, and that's what I do. Listen, no, it's not. Do you understand that your job in your workplace, where you're at in your neighborhood, is to be an example of Christ Jesus? I'm not saying you got to be a theologian. I'm not saying you got to be a scholar. I'm not saying you got to know it all. What I am saying to you today, and you ready this, you need to let people see what Jesus has done in your life. Your story is what will change their life your story will impact their future I once was lost but now I'm found I once was a sinner but now I'm saved I once was addicted to drugs or alcohol but God brought me out Hallelujah. Our marriage was on the rocks and we didn't know what we were going to do and my wife hated me and I hated her I didn't like the way she even ate the way he brushed his teeth made me want to punch him in the face. But one day, the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus came into our life, and he renewed a love for one another, and we're more in love. In fact, we're goo-goo-eyed over each other. In fact, we'll make you sick to your stomach if you spend time with us. See, if you'll tell the story of what God has done in your life, that makes you an ambassador for God. Just tell somebody. Let them know what God is doing. Number three. When it comes to your purpose to be persuasive, you have to be persuaded. To be persuasive, you've got to be persuaded. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade the Jews and the Greeks. It's your job to persuade people that there's only one true God, God Almighty. But can I tell you this? You can't persuade someone of something you're not persuaded of. How many raise your hand if you think God could do all things? Then what are you fretting about? I know what's going on in your life right now, but you are scared to death. Why, why are you scared? 
If God is for you, who in this world could ever be against you? It doesn't matter what's going on around you, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. While you were what the doctor said, guess what? You know the great physician who can do all things. There ain't no sickness or disease bigger than my God. Why are you believing what your finances say? Don't you know that you serve a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he can bless you financially if you just let him? Some of you need some persuasion in your life. You need to start believing God can do all things because you won't be able to persuade others. The Bible says that Paul went into the synagogue and he began to try to persuade the Jews and the Greeks. And can I tell you what Paul didn't care about? What people thought about Paul. How many worry about what people think? Raise your hand. Every one of you raise your hand. Now I will say this. Everybody always says, I don't. You care more than anybody else. So I've always been taught. You care more than anybody else. Listen, can I tell you right now, stop worrying what people think. If you will live a life according to God, if you will live according to his word, if you will do everything you can to try to please him, then you can trust and believe that God can use your life and use your word to persuade others to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. The last one. When it comes to your purpose, do your best. Trust God with the rest. Do your best. Trust God with the rest. Listen to what happens in Acts 18. Paul says, but when they opposed Paul, he became abu- and became abusive. L- l- let me say this to you. Serving the kingdom of God will not always be easy. Doing the work of the Lord will come at a price. I've been a pastor long enough to know that one moment someone will praise me and tell me how wonderful I am. And five minutes later I'll go on Facebook and they were running me in the ground. But you know what? I still love them. Listen, it won't always be easy serving God's kingdom, but it will be worth it. You will have to pay a price, but the price will be worth it. Listen to what he says. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. In other words, Paul said, listen, I've shared, I've told. I've given you the secret of life that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, died upon a cross for you and me, that through his death you would have eternal life. Through the shedding of his blood you would have forgiveness of sins. And all you have to do to receive that today is believe. That's it. I've done my part. Get mad all you want. Say what you will. 
Paul said, now that I've shared, if you choose not to accept, you choose not to agree, you choose not to give your heart and life to Christ, it is no longer on my head, it's on your head. This is the moment that we see the disciple, the apostle Paul, become the apostle of the Gentiles. This is what he said. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Paul said, I'm done with you Jews. You're religious. You're sanctimonious. You're self-righteous. You know it all. Nobody can tell you anything. You got it. You're good. Paul said, I'm done. He said, I'm not done sharing the gospel. I'm not done sharing the good news. I'm not done doing what God's called me to do, but I'm going to move to where God wants me to be. I've come to the realization in my life, I will tell many about the gospel. I will tell a lot of people about the good news. I will share Jesus with as many as I can. I know most of them will not receive it. Many of them will reject it. Some will even make fun of me because I shared it. But I will not stop telling people of the good news of Jesus Christ. See, for many of us, what we don't realize, what we don't understand, you get all up in arms when someone turns down what you've shared or doesn't accept the story of what God did in your life. Can I tell you, Paul said it best, there are some that will plant and there are some that will water. The problem is there's many of us that will plant seeds. We will never see the fruition of that seed. Why? Because then someone will come along and water that seed and it will sprout up. But if you had not planted the seed, it would have never been watered. I'm rested assured, very confident of this. There will be one day when I walk the streets of gold. And there will be people that come to me and say, are you John Leggett? And I say, am I that famous? And they'll say, you don't know me. My aunt, my uncle, my cousin, my neighbor, you led them to Jesus Christ. And they came and told me the story of how God has changed their life. And if you had not planted that seed, I would not be here today. I've come to the place in my life that I want my life to matter. An empty life to me is a life knowing that I didn't make an impact on anybody. As my father was coming close to death, he shared with me one day, he said, John, I can't study the Bible anymore. I can't see. I've lost my voice. I cannot preach. I'm unable to teach. He said, John, if it's going to be that way, I'd rather not be here. I'd rather go home. My mom one day on the phone crying says, I miss your dad so bad. Why did God have to take him? 
And I said, Mom, because my father could not have stayed on this earth and know that he wasn't making an impact anymore. He couldn't have done it. I want to know that my life matters. That I've got a purpose. Your life is not the sum of your job. Your life is not the sum of going to work every day and coming home. The bottom line financially, how much product you sold. Your life is the sum of how did I impact the world around me. My prayer, my hope, is that you will walk in the purpose that God gave you. Do what God has spoken over your life. And become who God wants you to be, if you will. Oh, what God can do if you only allow Him. Will you stand with me? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I have a question. If you listen for a moment, you can hear the cry of what this screen says, help warning. There's a world dying and going to hell because the gospel of Jesus Christ is not being shared. There's people that live with you, work with you every day that have no idea that there's a God of grace that can love them and forgive them if someone would just tell them. There's a friend, a neighbor, that needs to hear the hope that only Jesus Christ can give. Will you answer the call? Will you say, here I am. Use me, God. I'll tell the story of what God's done in my life. I'll share the good news of how he changed me forever. If you want to be used by God today, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ today that, Lord, for every single person that, Lord, has their hand raised today, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would share your call, reveal your call, let them know your purpose and your plan for their life. Give them the strength, the power to do, Lord, what you've called them to do. And, Lord, I pray today, Lord, let, let not one, not one reject that call. But let every man and woman that is here accept the call of God on their life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? If you don't, then today is the day of salvation. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God. Died on a cross, you rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, he shall be saved. If you're here today, no one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord, and you're allowed to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I've had two raise their hand. Give God praise.
I want all of you, not just the two that raise their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. As two new names have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.